Welcome back to a bonus episode of The Fourth Down. Um, I'm Gareth. I'm Harry. And today we are joined by a special guest who's come all the way down from Scotland to be on the greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> Have I got to give my name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, my name is Glenn Johnson. Um, not the not the Chelsea fullback. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the pauper version of it. <laughs> no. No, Better it's, version. Uh, it's good to uh, good to have you on. Um, say first special guest on the on the ep- on the, say on the podcast. Honored. Yeah. First of many, mate. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, shall we start with some news first, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the questions. Yeah, let's crack on, mate. So, first thing, say first bit of breaking news from today was uh, Everton being deducted ten points for breaking profit and sustainability rules. Glenn, was you aware of this? Um, I was. My dad mentioned it earlier. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think uh, his missus, her son, is a big Evertonian. Oh, really? So that's why it got brought up. Ah, oh. does yeah. this confirm relegation for Everton? Potentially. I mean, well, they're four point. They've got four points now on the in the table. Um, but I say over the course of I say they they are only allowed to lose 105 million over the course of three years, and they've lost 124. So yeah, uh, only 105 million. Only 105 yeah, million. Yeah, yeah. Like it's only 105 million over the course of three years. It's I'd like to have a couple of percent of that. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a nice new stadium for the championship, then. Yeah, as I say, I mean, yeah. which is late 2024. I looked at this. Late the company completion. I work, the company I work for are supplying the steel for that comp- <laughs> that stadium. So that's you're gonna not going to get. Pun- um, I've got a question on this. Actually, there's only two other teams in the Premier League to be deducted points. Um, do either of you know them? Mm, wait, what, so, so say it again. There's so only... Everton are the third team to be deducted points in the in the Premier League, in the history of the Premier League. Right. Um, do you know the other two teams? Uh, nope. Are they, are they currently in the Premier League? Both not currently in the Premier League, no. Uh, oh, not in for, oh, no, no, not in for, sorry, no. aren't they? I'm thinking. Um, I- Ipswich or Norwich? Nope. Ooh. And nope. I've done well. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, are they in the Championship? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. One, okay. one, I can't remember the other team though. Uh, Leicester? Nope. I'll get, I'll tell you. Go on. Firstly, Middlesbrough in 96-97, okay. uh, failing to full, fulfil a fixture against Blackburn. They were deducted three points and Portsmouth minus nine points for entering administration in 2010. Oh yeah, I was going to say, I remember the Portsmouth yeah. one actually, yeah. And now Everton. So they <laughs> minus 10 points for Everton, yeah. Blimey. Right, um, another bit of news, uh, Ivan Tony uh, demanding a release clause in his contract uh, before. Say so. What I was going to ask on that one is: Are you finding that players now are more in control at the contract table than the clubs are in control now? Yeah. So, like I say, yeah. I'm nodding my head. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Power the me. Premier League players have got is yeah, incredible. No, it's mad, probably some it? of the terms and conditions probably like come down the line well, so if he was to be given a release clause how much do you think that he is worth not 100 million no idea yeah so he, he could he, he could help you put 100 million you think of some of these players I mean what was it uh, uh, Casado I mean he was God, 15 yeah 15 so yeah could be uh, could be a big money move for him in the, either in the summer or in January yeah 
Right. So, Glenn, we've got um, probably Harry and I have got some questions for you, mate. And yeah. then we've got yeah. a couple of questions from a couple of our listeners that we'll touch on as well. A little bit of NFL. I know you're not massive on NFL, but just a little <laughs> bit, just a tiny bit on that. Okay. Yeah. Harry, you want to start? Yeah. So, um, I'll say thanks for being on the podcast. Uh, it's great to have you here. Um, so, are there any. I mean, you're a coach at the moment, or a goalkeeper coach for Queen's Park yes. in the Scottish Championship. Yeah. Are there any coaches that you use as like inspiration for, like say, you, uh, you what you use to then pass on to the players in your uh, current role? Um, good question. Um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't think there's anyone in particular. I think you have to be your own person, and obviously, I've got my own style. I would say probably in coaching circles, I'm a, a bit of a misfit. Um, and I don't necessarily look at things potentially the way that others would, mm. um, and I'm I'm quite comfortable with that. But yeah, there's there's people that have sort of influenced my coaching career um, as I've sort of um, gone on my sort of journey. Um, I would say people that I'm quite close to is uh, someone like Tony Tony Cague, who's the head of goalkeeping, uh, sorry, head of academy goalkeeping at, at Newcastle. So he's yeah. played quite a, a big part um, in my sort of development, um, not just as a coach, but also as a friend. You know, yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, Off the back of that, how how did you how did the goalkeeper coaching come about, and yeah. how long have you been how long have you been in, involved? Um, that, that's your profession. Yeah, that's a it's an interesting story because obviously I I did have dreams of being a professional footballer, as, a goalkeeper. Yeah, as a lot of people probably do. do yeah, and, yeah, and did. Yeah. Um, get a lot of the ones that oh I had a knee injury yeah (laughs) I I just weren't good enough Um, (laughs) no yeah but I'm all right. you know I don't mind saying that because that was the truth truth. I mean were you in like in in the process of potentially getting into that yeah so I was um, I was at Canvey Island yeah um, nice and I went through sort of the youth ranks there into the first team set up and I had quite a bit of interest from various football league clubs and you know there's a few offers of YTS and all the rest of it but I'd actually made my debut for Canvey at 15. Wow um, quality. And you know people like I remember Julian Dix was left back. Nice. Mark Simpson, uh, Mark Simpson, Steve Tilson, Mickey Bennett so all names that possibly people wouldn't necessarily know now. Yeah. Other than probably Julian Dix. Or maybe. Dick, Julian Dix yeah. Yeah. Um, so as a fifteen-year-old, didn't Julian didn't he have a, like have a hell of a shot on him? Didn't he have like? I think he could smash a penalty. He could smash a ball. Yeah. Obviously, he was at the end of his career. I remember yeah. coming in from a game, and he was sitting on the the floor of the dressing room. He had this like machine putting electric shocks into his knees, <laughs> and he had like two buds in his hand. And I remember thinking, "What's going on here?" What's, yeah. But what was that for? As a just just because his knees had gone by by then, you know, he was a bit. Um, well, he was at the end of his career. Yeah. But, yeah. So for me, it was a, a, a really good learning curve. But um, yeah, I uh, was there for three years. Didn't work out. You know, I was probably by the end of it, not good enough. Got yeah. released and, and sort of floated around non-league football for a bit. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, I started a window cleaning company. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I was doing that um, and really enjoying it. Yeah. Sort of locally here in South End. Um, and then just had this sort of desire to stop playing and I started a goalkeeper club brand. Nice. And which I'd still run today. And then off the back of that, decided to start a goalkeeper academy. 
Nice. More as a way to sell gloves, to be honest. Yeah. And then with the coaching, obviously started that and kind of thought I was reasonably good at it's it. Pushed on, yeah. And then it's just progressed from there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Cool. So like going with like the coaching and the style and everything. Um, how do you like with Queens Park? How do you prepare the goalkeepers um, for the games coming up? Do you do you have like different uh, training sessions for each team like do you base your training sessions on the team you're up against yeah so. yeah I think I think there has to be an element of that obviously yeah. because you know we're, we're lucky at Queen's Park we've got a really good staff and um, you know the analyst Connor will um, send me clips of the opposition and so we've we've got a good idea of what to expect mm-hmm. so there's obviously certain things that I'll sort of uh, concentrate on with the goalkeepers yeah. Um but yeah, so it, it can be that you know you're you're dealing with things from the previous game, or you're actually dealing with things for the the up and coming game. Yeah, you mentioned style earlier, Glenn. Yeah. Um, with goalkeepers now, modern day goalkeepers, they're, they're playing out from the back. They're better with their feet. Yeah, have you had to adapt? For, have Have you yourself had to adapt your coaching style? Very much and so. Has it been difficult? It's not been difficult um, because the game obviously changes, changes and it yeah, evolves. So. It's adapt or die. So you either change with it, or you'll probably find yourself out of a job and yeah. cleaning windows. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you a fan of the new, the, the, the new style modern goalkeeper? Um, that's an interesting question as well. Um, I mean, yes and no. I still believe that the goalkeeper is there to keep the ball out the back at, of at the, the net. net. Yeah. yeah. But I also see how the game's evolving and changing, and they do need to be very good with their feet now yeah. and they almost have well they have to be the 11th player um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what, so going back what was your style of play then when you was at, uh... smash it up the pitch <laughs> get it yeah. <laughs> get it and just yeah. smash it because I'm being a Chelsea fan I'm I'm not a massive fan of Sanchez there, mm. there's times when he's just like they'll give the and I've got no confidence in him receiving the ball yeah. back I'm thinking oh no here we fucking go I mean even, but, what did I say like, going back to like you should look at Neuer He's like a sweeper keeper, isn't he? Just yeah. Like, I mean, or um, the Manu goalkeeper, and on like I've got no trust in him. <laughs> no trust in him either. No. He's so dodgy on yeah. the field. So. It, it is. It's a very. I think for goalkeepers at the moment, it's that sort of transition period because they're going from what they were yeah. to what they need. They to gotta be. be. They gotta be like. Yeah. shot stopper they've got to be yeah. a player they've got to yeah. be where they've got to have good, yeah, yeah. good control they've got to be able to pass yeah. and I distribute mean, the, the top top goalkeepers can do it without yeah. a doubt and that's mm. why they're there but yeah. obviously at lower levels you know I, I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day at the lower levels I think the majority of goalkeepers can either do one or the other yeah. so they're either a really good shot stopper more traditional goalkeeper or they're really good with their feet and not so good at shot stopping and our job, really, the trick would be is to combine that all into one. Then, yeah. So. So what would they what would they be looking out for in a young goalkeeper? Would they be looking out for more shot stopping or playing? I, 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 well, the bigger clubs both. Yeah. And then I think it just depends what style of play uh, the club, the club or plays. The, the, yeah, yeah, at the lower levels. Yeah. So, so uh, on that, what's what was the appeal? Like, say, for how would you approach them by Queens Park to to get into joining? To joining them as a goalkeeper coach? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been up there two and a half years now. Mm. My memory's not always the best. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think I've done all my coaching badges yeah, through, was, the, through the SFA. Nice. Well, yeah. So, obviously, Queen's Park 
Hamden Park, um, that's, Lesser that, Hamden, the stadium. That's so. some stadium to have as your home ground, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Hamden yeah, Park. Yeah, quite, I've seen the photos when you yeah. upload to Facebook as well. Yeah, it is quality. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad office, is yeah, it? Really? No, <laughs> it, is, it is quite a nice. But even the, the smaller stadium, Lesser. I mean, yeah, you know they've they've put a lot of uh, effort into yeah. redeveloping yeah, that, and awesome. like the surface there is amazing. The dressing rooms, you know, all the corporate facilities, etc. But yeah, so I'd um, gone through that sort of journey with the SFA. And I mean, their um, their licences and that are, are world class. So yeah, it was a, nice. a real good education for me. And I think there was some communication between the two. Um, maybe Queen's Park asked for some recommendations. I think my name got put forward and interviewed. and Top pick. Yeah, yeah. well, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Probably not, but yeah. Say, it's nice because it's nice to have that sort of a club approacher, though. It's not a sort of you sort of it's not like going on Indeed or something. Like that. Yeah, I want that I, I'll apply for that job. I think I think it was more a case that they were looking for somebody, and yeah. I'll probably you know tick the boxes. I, yeah, so how is life in Scotland then? I really like it. Yeah, yeah, you know, as, as we know, I'm South End, yeah. born and bred, and all yeah. the rest of it. Um, my family is still down here, and yeah, but. You know, I do. I really like living in the Glasgow area. The people are really nice. It's it's a nice part of the United Kingdom to live. I've in, heard Glaswegians know. are nice, friendly people. Oh, they're, yeah, they're so nice. So I've got yeah. to ask, Celtic or Rangers? Keep your mouth shut on that. Yeah. Well, we said. We said <laughs> this. Uh, this could get me sacked. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't answer. I then. just. I just love football. Yeah, yeah that's my answer. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying that. Try though, and like, drop I've you in it. I mean, I don't know if you've like ever had this chat with, with like your players and everything. Because I always wondered this. So say, I was. I'm a Chelsea fan, but I played for Tottenham. Mm. I don't know how I'd feel about playing Chelsea. Like, what's? How would that? I think it's very easy because... Yeah, professionalism would take over. Just look at Frank Lampard at yeah, City yeah. when he scored against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, going back a few years when I was at Gillingham, um, South Emory in League One mm. at, the, at the time as well. Yeah, Obviously, I support South End. I think that's quite well known. Yeah, um, But on the two occasions that we played them at Priestfield and at Roots Hall, I wanted to smash them. Yeah, because yeah. you know it's ultimately that, it's your job. And, yeah, I guess you know, I've never been in that position, so I couldn't. Yeah, yeah but no, and, and also, I always, I always feel an affiliation to the support base at the clubs that I yeah. work with. Yeah. So for me, you know, when I'm working for a club, I support that club. Yeah. Um, and my my personal sort of feelings towards things. Yeah. Get put to one side. Yeah. I mean, it, it was strange. Um, when we we played them, played Southend at Priestfield because my my brother is a season ticket holder, so that stand uh, for the away supporters that's, that's behind the goal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like made of uh, Meccano or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, just scaffolding. <laughs> but I look up and he was up the top of his mates and he was giving me the old two fingers. <laughs> you think fair enough? And the, then, the Gillingham away end's got to be worse than that away end, though, isn't it? I've I've been in the Gills away end. Yeah, that's it's the just, one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, um, yeah. It, that's quality, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I, I love my time at, at Gillingham. Yeah. I had a great time. And, you know, I think I, from a personal standpoint, I can get a rapport with supporters because ultimately that's what I feel I am. Mm, yeah, you know, definitely. I'm just a, a normal sort of punter that's half decent at goalkeeper coaching. So, you know. You just find yourself in in that sort yeah. of situation, but 
And it was interesting, obviously, when we played at Roots Hall because I think we were 4-0 down in about 22 minutes. Oh, hell, yeah. Got absolutely <laughs> battered. And I had to walk home from Roots Hall. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. So, you're saying, on, on the, say, being from Southend, what's your view then currently with Southend? Um, now they've finally got a takeover. Ron Martin's gone. What's your view on uh, their performance this year? I mean, I personally, I think it's been phenomenal considering yeah. the players on the list. You know, the starting sheet, it's, mm. say, three subs on some games. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I think when you look at the job that Kevin Mayer and, and the coaching staff there have done mm. under the circumstances of being under the embargo, points deductions, people not getting yeah. paid, etc., etc. I mean, and, and, and also the, the, the fan base. Sticking with the team and the yeah, club, it's, and it's, it's, um, I don't know much about something, but loyal fans. Oh, incredible! Yeah, yeah. Loyal and fans. I mean, I'm going tomorrow, and I think they said that there's going to be seven thousand there, and you know that's, that's close to a sellout, isn't it? Is it? Uh, I, I mean, it's pretty. Know. I think yeah. it's about it holds probably about twelve. Oh, okay, yeah. But seven thousand in the national league yeah, after three or four bad years and two relegations yeah. on the bounce and everything that goes yeah. with it. I, th- I think the people at the club behind the scenes are just. I mean. It's amazing. Put it like just working overtime, I think, out there at the moment. The yeah. players, the staff, just yeah. working overtime. Yeah. But yeah, it's safe. I say, as a, as a Southend fan as well, and my dad is a massive Southend fan, mm. um, seeing them seeing them perform the way they have been, given the circumstances, yeah, absolutely. it's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. You can't can't fault it at all. I, f- I think the the dream would be, you know, to, to see to see Southend in the National League is obviously. It's heartbreaking, really, when you yeah. look at where it's been as a club. Yeah. But that's just down to the mismanagement of one person, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. But with that fan base and, you know, hopefully the new owner and everything that's going to be going into the club, mm-hmm. you know, we'll find ourselves back in, in the Football League and yeah. flying. Well, do, you you think, do you think, like, say, the National League has kind of been popularised a bit more, obviously, with Wrexham, with Ryan Reynolds and that, like... Do you find there's a, a few more fans maybe looking at the National League now and thinking, oh, actually, there's yeah, it's a, t- it's a difficult yeah. league. I mean, the problem is, let's be honest, it's a graveyard for football league clubs. And, you know, I spent quite a lot of my career in that league with Dagenham and Boreham Wood and a bit yeah. of time with Braintree as well. Yeah. And have sort of got close to getting out of it. But at both ends, you know, I've been in sort of promotion hunts and I've been in relegation battles as well. Mm. And it's... It is a really, really good league, and the money that's sloshing around it is quite impressive as yeah. well for, for players, not for staff, by yeah. the way. Um, but it is so difficult to get out of. Yeah. And there's, you know, probably ten teams, maybe more, at the start of every season that you'd look and go, oh, they've got a chance this year." Yeah. Especially now that Wrexham and Notts County are, mm. are out of it. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got the the thing for me, and I think the first year that Southend were in it. I personally knew that they were going to struggle because it's difficult when you're, and I mean this respectfully, but you can one week be at somewhere like Wrexham or Notts County and then the next week you could be, you know, at a Braintree when they were in it or, you know, those clubs with smaller grounds and smaller fan bases. Yeah. Maybe the pitch is not as good. Just I mean, a different, like more of a difficult place to go yeah. to, isn't it? Yeah. I, like I remember different. being at Braintree and like we had the smallest budget in the league. Yeah. Um, we were part-time. We used to train at a local school on an AstroTurf on a third of a pitch. 
So me and Nicky yeah. Cowley used to have to get there early. Yeah. We'd have to nick the goal from the other end, drag, <laughs> drag it up. <laughs> but there's like an under nines team in the middle part and mm. then like some geezers just having a kick, kick about, about at the other yeah, end. And we're out. preparing for a game against, I think, whoever, Cheltenham or Forest yeah. Green, whoever was in it at the time. And we was going there and turning them over. Quality. Um, so, that must you know, be a good feeling though. Like you're working to a minim, minimal budget and then you're... And I say knocking knocking out teams that are say got a much bigger budget. They've yeah. got training ground. They've got yeah. facilities and F- fan base. Fan and, base. And, yeah. You know what what we did that year at Braintree was incredible. But what amazed me as well is I used to see the opposition turn up at um, the stadium, and you you knew that you'd beat them already because yeah. you could just tell the pitch was horrendous. The dressing rooms were, you know, not the best as yeah. well. And you'd look and you'd think. They don't fancy this today. No, and no. the way that we were set up by Danny Cowley and, and Nicky was that we would sort of defend and then we'd nick a goal and we'd beat teams 1-0, 2-1. But yeah, we quality. kept, I think that season, we kept 24 clean sheets. And that's on you. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it certainly wasn't. Um, but, you know, so in terms of the standard of the league, and that was probably five or six years ago. Yeah. So I think the league has become more professional. Obviously, they've got yeah. the TV deals with yeah. BT and TNT Sports. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a perfect opportunity during COVID to actually make uh, League Two a South and North and then just have it more regionalised. There's more friendlies. Yeah. Because it's difficult, the travelling in League Two. Yeah. And, you know, it takes we, up a bit of the budget as well that you... Oh, massively. Yeah. Mm. And and even in the National League, obviously, there's some journeys. With mm. Braintree, we played Barrow away one time. We walked on the pitch. The referee come off and said, game's off. Okay. Oh, and you're yeah. like, oh, we've just, you know... Travelled. You, yeah. And then you've got to go back on a, a Tuesday night. Mm. And if you're part-time, I think the Cowleys were working. Yeah. They had school as teachers the next yeah. day. And they got back at like six o'clock in the morning. And they got a, go a, and a day's work. Day. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, on that note, what's now, what's your game day like preparations? What does your game day involve? Um, well, I've got to say, at Queen's Park, the, the club really, they look after us really well. Nice. Um, so, of a game day, um, obviously I'll get up do what I need to do I'm I'm pretty good I'm normally prepared the night before no. you know whatever else and we we normally go to a local hotel for pre-match um, there'll be a presentation on the opposition just a refresher on the, the game plan so my role is uh, I take care of all the set pieces attacking yeah. and defensive so we'll speak about that probably on the Friday so it's not just obviously going into the game on the Saturday yeah. the prep starts Tuesday yeah, and we just build in, and you know we've got a way of working, mm. a game plan, so to speak. Right. So, come the Saturday, you're pretty much ready to go. Um, and yeah, so we go to the local hotel if it's a home game, pre-match, and then we head over to Hamden. Um, I get the set pieces up on the wall, get everything sorted, everyone's organised. Uh, take the goalkeepers out about an hour before kickoff. Yeah, go through our warm up. And then, yeah, then you've got the game and yeah. try and win a match. So, yeah, so, so um, are you a, from corners, are you a zonal or man-to-man? We are fully zonal. Like it. I think that's the best way, yeah. isn't it? I think we're, zonal. We've got uh, three blockers. Yeah. So they'll go man-to-man, but generally yeah. we're fully zonal. It's a fully zonal, yeah, which I think is better because the way the game now, like with a man-to-man, like the holding and all that, yeah. that, that busy, I think zonal is much better. Well, I was a now. little bit 
not not I've never really done it before. Yeah. And um, so the, the the head coach that we've got um, come in in the summer from Anderlecht. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So Robin is brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, he gave me that responsibility, but he said, look, this is the way that I want to set up. Yeah. And I was a bit, I weren't 100% sure a bit about dubious, it, yeah. but I thought, right, we'll give it a go. Yeah. And we've done pretty well defensively from set pieces. So there's obviously something in it, you know? Yeah, definitely. So on that, what's your sort of dynamic then with your with your keepers? So obviously, I'm not, uh, you train separately, I'm guessing, obviously, to the outfield players. Um, so, well, yes and no. So obviously, there is a certain element of, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, sort of when we're yeah being away from the team. So I can't think what the word is. I think I'm getting early onset dementia at times. So <laughs> I, I, I forget words quite easily. Like a bit of a segregational kind of yeah, so isolated. Isolated. That's the word I want to use. Mm. Yeah. So and then it, it just pops back. <laughs> there. Um, but yeah. So there there is a certain element of sort of isolated practice. But we do try to get the goalkeepers in with the team and, you know, because they're an integral part of it. It's, yeah. not, it's not like the old days where we're in the corner and That's then we it. get called over. Yeah. But, yeah, so we do have a certain amount of sort of isolated training um, and then get them in with the team. Yeah. And so yeah, so would, you, nice. would you say that the goalkeeper is the most important position on the pitch? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot. Well, strikers would disagree, but yeah, strikers, yeah, would, yeah. strikers would disagree, but I think, I think so. It's, a, it's an old cliche, though, isn't it? I think that you know, you can be a striker, you could have 10 chances in the game, yeah, miss nine, and then you score the last one in the last minute, and yeah. everyone thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread, yeah, that's it. But you can be the goalkeeper, make nine saves during a game, and then you make a mistake for the last one, you get beat one nil, yeah. That's what people then, remember, they don't know, yeah, they always yeah. remember the mistake, they don't and remember the, the, and everyone just thinks you're a donut, so. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a very tough position. Yeah, yeah of course. Nice. Of course. Um, I've got a couple of little ones here. Best sets of fans you've experienced in your career? Wow, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think every club I've been at, to be honest, I know that's sort of a bit of a cop out there. Nah, it's all I, good. I don't want to commit. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had, a, a, as I mentioned, I felt I had a really sort of special bond with Gillingham supporters. Yeah. Um, you know, at Braintree, really good people that, in terms of numbers, was very few. Yeah. Um, but really supported their club passionately. Yeah. Um, Chelmsford City, when I was there for a bit, you know, that that's a sleeping giant mm. in my in my opinion for the level. Uh, but even Queens Park, you know, again smaller numbers, but a good bunch. They're, they're so passionate about yeah. the football club, and I love that. Yeah. Next one. Uh, Best changing room pranks and like shit house and shit like that. <laughs> what, what have you seen? What have you got to tell us? Like, um, any good ones? <laughs> I remember as a young player at, um, at Canvey Island, I won't name names because he's a manager now. So could give it away. But one, one of the players, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of the players. Shall I just yeah, I'll just come and say one of the players that one of the players did a shit in another player's pillowcase. <laughs> oh my god! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, quality. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. Was that so this is on a hotel this was in on a like hotel. an away trip sort yeah. of thing? Yeah. So oh, I, no. that sticks in my mind. Um, that is 
shit hours in. Yeah. Lit- literally, yeah, yeah literally, notice, yeah. He put his head and then realised, or was it like... I can't remember the actual... Right? <laughs> it's probably like 22 years yeah. ago now, something like that, 20 years ago. <laughs> Come on, that's a yeah, good no, one. it would have been 20 years ago. <laughs> about 2003. But yeah, that was that was a bit of an awkward oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. I know we've spoken about this personally, mate. You've lived in America, yes. haven't you? Whereabouts? Uh, so I was in Baltimore in Maryland. How was it? It was brilliant. It yeah, was I'd, how long were the, you there for? Uh, about two years. Oh, nice. nice. And was this, MLS, was this MLS? No, this was, so it was a, it was a strange situation. It was yeah. the equivalent of what is now the USL Championship. Oh, okay, yeah. So the league below the MLS. Yep. Okay. Um, but they were going through some traumatic times because there was some franchises in the league at the time that wanted to break away and do their own thing yeah i think the usl had been sold from umbro to nike or something along those lines yeah um, and they weren't happy with the governance so there was five or six franchises that wanted to do their own thing mm. and they wanted it to be the north american soccer league yeah named after the original north american soccer league in the late 70s mm. um so when i got there the federation had basically sanctioned both leagues um, but couldn't choose between the two of them and named it the USSF Division 2. And oh, then okay. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> and there was a, a USL conference, yeah. which was the teams that wanted to stand the USL, and yep. then there was an NASL conference for all the teams that wanted to play The other teams, yeah. Um, and, but you would cross over. Yeah. So we went to Puerto Rico to play the Islanders a few times. Fucking nice. Uh, Austin Aztecs. Uh, Texas. Port, Port, yeah, like that it. was class. Yeah. Uh, Portland Timbers, Montreal Impact, uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. Nice. Carolina Railhawks, St. Louis. Um, they have so, yeah. such like bizarre names, don't yeah. they? I know, I know like, they're NFL teams and NHL yeah. teams. They're all, they, they can't just be called... like. I don't know, Detroit FC or something. Yeah, it has no, to be. Something. I think that they've calmed down a little bit now. Mm. Yeah. Certain things. So yeah. how was the standard out there for... Do you know, from memory, because this is back in 2010. Yeah. When I sort of had a full head of hair and yeah. <laughs> didn't look like Uncle Fester. Yeah. But um, the standard was mixed. Yeah. Because you had the franchises like Vancouver and Montreal and mm. Portland that were going to be in, going into the uh, MLS. Yeah. And then you had us, yeah. You know, and and I still when I when I talk about um, Crystal Palace, Baltimore, like I look back with such fondness, yeah, because it, it was such a wonderful time. Mm. You know, I actually went sort of as goalkeeper, coach slash kit man. So oh, okay, I had yeah. Sort of a dual role, um, and but I met some amazing people, and I had such a great time. You know, twenty four years old, yeah, just. You know, living life. Yeah, you know, traveling like, all over the US. And for all that know me, I would love to be out living in the US. But yeah. would you ever go back? Um, I don't know. No, you, know, you never say never. Yeah, but, you know, life changes, and you know, it's it's not always as clear cut as just no. Nah, it's going, going back. back. Yes, yeah. The thing for me, it was always just going to be a year. Did you get um, so you didn't get a green card or no? It's no, just like so working, a, a working, working visa. visa yeah, yeah, and then when the team folded. Unfortunately, oh, okay. my visa sort of you have to just hand it back and mm. off you pop. Be on your way, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, oh, honestly, it was a brilliant time. And yeah, I can so imagine being out. It was in Baltimore, yeah. Yeah. So we talk about NFL on this podcast. Yes. 
I know you're quite reluctant. You're not a big fan of the NFL, but um, <laughs> you did say you went through a few games. I did, yeah. What, what was your obviously? What was your impression of, like, say, the, the tailgate parties? Tailgating like was class, yeah. to be honest. Um, I remember one of the bars in the city had Strongbow on tap. Yeah. <laughs> so at the time, I was quite probably highly intoxicated. <laughs> I don't like remember it. a great deal about the game. <laughs> you don't know who they were against. I had to drink, drink the way remember. through it. It was, it was freezing cold. Oh, God. Um, and, yeah, I weren't really into the game. It was more <laughs> no. about the socialising. We got some questions from, like, a couple of listeners. We'll touch on that. We call it fall from cues. But, um, so, I've got another question. MLS, how would you compare the MLS to English, what standard would you say it is over here? What well, league would MLS teams fit in? They're not obviously not going to be Premier League, I would say. It's a difficult one because I don't watch a great deal of MLS no. so much. I know you know there's it's it's more readily available if you want to watch it now. Yeah, and I think the profile of it has obviously gone up. I think when I was in the US, I remember going to watch the Red Bulls play. Oh yeah, New York. And I remember thinking, this is awful. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was probably National League. League yeah, two, in, in my opinion. Because because when Henri went yeah, to yeah, um, yeah there's some to big, big yeah. names. At that Lampard, time. Lampard. At, um, he went to Red Bulls. No, he yeah, went Lamp- New York. No, you, New York, one owned by Man City. Man City owners owned. Uh, yes, New York Red Bulls, isn't it? No, no New York FC. New oh, York FC, okay. yeah. Or New York City FC. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it just that's not been disrespectful no of course but, but it's just it has, it's grown a lot yeah and don't get me wrong I would have loved to have worked in it at that time yeah so I'm not course. sitting here thinking oh you know but I think you'd probably say it's about the championship level now oh okay so improved say. then yeah, yeah, improved yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so you can't really say it hasn't improved when they've got the like they're appealing to the likes of say you've got Messi there now you've got um Suarez now going there, Busquets. It's appealing yeah. oh, yes. to big names. I mean, they're mm. obviously nearing the end of their, their careers, but yeah. still being able to pull that kind of... But those, those franchises, like the price of them as well, has mm. just exploded. That's so, astronomical, yeah. yeah. You know, I think that shows the value of of the league as well. Mm. You know, it's If you want to invest in it, it's going to cost you a few quid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to get bigger, I think. Mm. It'll, so, it'll uh, take off. If you, uh, if you were in goal... Who is the one player, past or present, you'd like to uh, take a penalty against? Well, at me. Uh, at at or, you. At oh, you. Okay, yeah. Somebody that weren't very good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, it, it'd probably have to be an old South End favourite. Yeah. Someone like Brett Angel or Andy Anser or someone like that. Not right? Eastwood. No. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably stuck in the late 80s. <laughs> Um, before we move on I've got some other bits but um got another question VAR what's your thoughts on VAR I've made it quite well known that I hate it yeah I, I think it, it probably spoils the game yeah you know, yeah that's where I'm at it bizarre when somebody scores a goal the players are celebrating everyone's going mm. nuts no, yeah and then you've got to wait for four minutes yeah somebody in a room kills a mood to still probably make the wrong decision yeah so I just think just let the game go yeah people, leave know. it on I'm at, leave it on human error leave it on human error on yeah. the linesman the referee whatever at the end of the day we're all human beings yeah mm. we're going to make mistakes and so be it, it, do, you, it do you think that he's brought in to kind of protect the referees though because he was trying to take the pressure off them making that error but it's kind of backfired essentially because you know you've got yeah. referees now in the VAR room getting <laughs> getting the abuse so it's not yeah. kind of it's taken the onus off them I think what, other refs. what they've done they've tried to 
I think they've done it with the best of intentions. Yes. But I just, I think the problem is, and we, we've all been guilty of it at times, sometimes the respect for referees isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you heard Ange speak about it the other day. Yeah. And called him Ange like we're... Yeah, <laughs> like we know. Like you. I'm only saying it because I can't pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, me either. Was it Postacoglu, uh, isn't it? Yeah, and Posta Coglu. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, he said about the respect for referees and, you know, the human beings and all mm. made mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, I, when you watch rugby and you see the way that the players speak to the referees and they're calm and they're on yeah. their headpiece and they're yeah. speaking, like they've got it now. Ref word final and he won't, have, he won't yeah. tolerate any, no. any but, shit. But yeah. I, I don't think he needs to. I think that rugby players are more respectful. Yeah, the referees. Yeah, and definitely. If we haven't got referees in football, we haven't got a game. No, mm. yeah, that's and true. It is, it is tough, and you know, I think we've all been guilty at times of maybe being a bit over the top towards referees. Yeah, in of course. Decisions, but no need for it though, is there really? Because I think we said last, and I say this week when we were talking about it that the ref isn't going to change his mind. You know, he's made a decision. Why are you trying to appeal to the ref to say, "Oh no, reverse it"? They can't reverse it. Once yeah. that decision's made, that decision's made. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky area. Yeah. Right, let's move on. I've got, I usually do a quick fire five. It's just like random mm. for Harry, like we alternate each week. But I've got a quick fire six because there's a couple of names I just couldn't possibly leave out the Premier League. <laughs> and this is a goalkeeper edition. Oh, God. Right, so <laughs> just, you just got, just got to pick he's one done, name. He's, he's done the work. <laughs> yeah, you've got to pick one name off the list, just like who you think's better. As quick as you can. David James or David Seaman? This David is Seaman. Battle of Daves, yeah, agreed. Shay Given or Brad Fiedel? Shay Given. Petter Cech or Peter Schmeichel? Peter Schmeichel. Fucking hell. (laughs) Ouch. Casillas or Buffon? Buffon. Yeah, I said the same. Dida or Khan? Khan. Yeah. He was an animal. Manuel Neuer or Van der Sar? Van der Sar. Ooh, I would have gone Neuer there. Uh, Top three out of those names if you can remember them. Oh, Christ. (laughs) Khan. Yep. As number one? No. So we'll start from worst Crikey. or third to first. Um, Khan, Schmeichel, Van der Sar. Interesting. Nice. That's interesting. I like yeah. it. I, weren't you expecting you to pick Van der Sar, to be fair? I, was, I think I'd pick Booth on when you don't But I would highly disagree with Peter Schmeichel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mate. It's probably because obviously our technical director is Dutch. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Head coach is Dutch. Um, we've got Good assistant coach <laughs> yeah. he's Dutch yeah. so it's probably yeah. that I've been brainwashed that are they going to tune into this uh, <laughs> is that why they're going to tune in <laughs> say, say, go for the safest option yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah but um, we have got a couple of questions from the listeners, listeners that one. yeah um, this one's from Martin and it says do we think any of the football players can make it in the NFL now Glenn I've got a theory here I actually and this is not me arse licking at all but I think goalkeepers would probably be the best fit in the NFL yeah. purely because of their catching, well, their the agility, yeah, the jumping, mm. the awareness. I knew uh, a chap um, back in the US that went over to play college soccer yeah. and ended up playing college football. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. He, he was a kicker. Yeah. yeah. Is that what they call it? A kicker, kicker, kicker yeah. He got punters. the punter or the kicker, yeah. Because yeah. so, me and Gareth were talking about this, we think goalkeepers would make a good wide receiver. So mm. the guys that run down the wings and they make the make the crossovers like just for that pure catching ability, catching the, um, the jumping, yeah, the awareness. Say the awareness, but because um, you, you do find a lot of rugby players, or well, not a lot, but you know, a few rugby players are currently in the NFL. Um, you've got Jordan Melito for the Eagles, yeah, um, 
and they've made that transition over. But I personally, I can't see any oh, outfield like players being like a defensive yeah, tackle or, or offensive, like, offensive line. Offensive line. Or Overall, line. the current modern, you know, Premier League players go down too easy anyway. Then they're going to take a tackle yeah, from an NFL player. Could you imagine Ronaldo? Regardless of pads. imagine Ronaldo in the NFL? Well, the money no, that's uh, it. Exactly. But there was um, a Dallas Cowboys player, uh, Brandon Aubrey. He was in the MLS for Toronto FC and Bethlehem Steel FC and went on to the USFL, which is mm. like a league beneath yeah. NFL sort yeah. of thing. Um, he's now at the Dallas Cowboys and made 19 out of 19 field goal attempts. I think, yeah, I think so, I, I personally I think, think a kicker or, kick punter, or a punter, yeah. But, but goalkeepers, I, I do think, is my theory, would probably be the best fit be a in receiver. the NFL. But yeah, that's a good question from Martin. So I appreciate that, mate. And then I think we have touched upon it. One was from Mitch. Oh, yeah. Mitch is currently in, like, I think, the South End Youth Setup or South End Academy. So he's just asked um, the Forks, asked our Forks on South End this season, and can they climb back up the leagues? In this question applies to you both, because yeah, I mean, I'm not massive on South End. I don't think we'll get promoted this year, depending on what happens with the new owner and what we can do for next year. Potentially next year, we stand a better chance than, than obviously this year. Yeah. This year, obviously, with a deduction. I think if it happens sooner, we might be in a better stead. But I would probably say if um, they could sneak in the playoffs, that would be an unbelievable yeah. season. Yeah, but. I think, as we said, just what they've done under the circumstances mm. at the minute has been incredible. Yeah, I'm glad they're still about though, because there was mentions of like being well liquidated, folded. Yeah, but do you know what? Like, I think that even if the club come back as a phoenix club, yeah, I still think it. You know, it would have taken ten years. Yeah, it definitely would have got back to the football league eventually, just mm. because. You know, the, the main thing with respect was to get rid of Ron Martin. And, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, hopefully he'll be going. And I, you know, I, well, we're not getting the new stadium now, are we? We're staying. At, oh, I'm delighted about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm quite <laughs> happy no, I mean about that. that to be yeah, because uh, you know, I know Roots all at the minute is maybe he's a little bit dilapidated mm. and all the rest of but it. But it's old school, it's home, isn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah. You know, I like an old school like ground. flat over there, like we're literally, we can see my flat. <laughs> yeah. And as you and I both know, we've got fire safety and cladding issues. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and um, ceiling issues. Yeah. <laughs> but they're still our home. You know? yeah, yeah, definitely, that's you it. Love, you love where you live. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, right. I think that concludes it from mine. Yeah, I think Just on that note, Glenn, um, I do have a young nephew oh, yeah. planned for Tilbury Football Club um, any advice? He wants to be a goal. He plays in goal, doing well. He wants well. advice from me. He wants some <laughs> advice from you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> enjoy playing football. Yeah, which, uh, which he does, to be yeah, fair. Just, yeah, that's all I can say. Just, to any young footballers just, or goalkeepers, just enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. And then any advice for us as podcasters, future pod kings, as I call us, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Well, I think I, I mentioned to you earlier, like, I've obviously got my podcast that yeah, I like don't, don't run anymore um, hey, maybe this is the uh, this kick up the arse to yeah, get you back on it my inspiration but I, I sometimes look and I think if if I would have been consistent with it yeah for the last two years since I last did it yeah you never know where it could be yeah and I think for you guys like 
you know, obviously you're scraping the barrel with guests at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get some decent guests, it's gonna be hard to top you, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's your first one, though. It'll be down in history books. Yeah, someone's got to be. The no, I appreciate that. We we do honestly. I've been looking forward to it all day, and yeah, Harry has the same. I have been looking forward to it because I love chatting football, and no, obviously get on with you anyway. Yeah, no, it's been it's been great having you on, and uh, I did yeah. appreciate the uh, shit in the pillow. <laughs> pillowcase story as well yeah no, maybe that's one for someone else to try yeah, well, no, don't try it don't yeah. try it yeah, don't, <laughs> that's not, that's not oh did he <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> jeez <laughs> right. but yeah no thank you very much Glenn no, loved yeah, sure. that mate enjoyed that so Harry? thank you yeah it's been, uh, been been a good episode so hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, yeah we'll see you soon for the fourth and four yeah this was uh, this concludes the fourth from goalkeeper yeah. fourth from Glenn <laughs> <laughs> peace thanks for listening bye bye <laughs>